Hello and welcome to Data Driven, the podcast where we explore the emerging fields of data science and artificial intelligence. In this episode, we once again turn the microphone onto ourselves and interview one of our own, Andy Leonard. This episode was recorded as a live stream on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitch. You should consider subscribing to us there, so you can participate in the live Q&A. Now on to the show. Hello, LinkedIn, Twitch, Periscope, YouTube, Facebook, and did I say Twitch already? I don't remember. I think you did. I think I did. <laughs> uh, happy Wednesday. Uh, I am here with uh, my brother from another mother, Andy Leonard, and we are going to record a live show of Data Driven. Here's the fancy little um, overlay. And um, if you're confused um, by the last time I said that James Bond music on the last episode of Data Driven, that's because I didn't, I forgot to kind of edit that part out. So then there was actually no intro music. It was just Bailey kind of just talking. So um, let's see if I can find the overlay. I am Frank Lavinia and to my immediate side, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's left one right. of those sides. Right. You, one of you those sides. You have a 50-50 shot. Yeah. I have a 50-50 shot. Uh, let's see. <laughs> to my left, I think it is Andy <laughs> Leonard. Uh, of course, if you're not, if you're listening to this on the podcast only, you're probably like, "What are they going on about?" Uh, but uh, now we are streaming this show live on a uh, beautiful Wednesday uh, afternoon. It is Wednesday, right? Yeah, I, I, had, I had to a, check. <laughs> I had to check I, too. I <laughs> Um, and as always, we, um, we are, um, we'll take your questions and whatnot, um, as, uh, the show goes on, but, um, last week we interviewed me, uh, and we talked about kind of the six questions. I like this animated background. It's very data science. I do too. Yeah. It's a great, um, great background. and, um, the folks that are listening only are just missing out. So head on over to... <laughs> We'll make sure in the show notes uh, that you see that. I noticed that Andy has a much clearer resolution today. You want to yeah. tell folks how, how you got that? Yeah. So we were having, having, um, having, experiencing and having uh, degrading internet performance here. It had been going on for a little more than a month. And we just thought, you know, initially we just thought, oh, something's up. But then it was crazy things like our, we have a 25 meg DSL modem. We live out in the sticks and 25 megs is not a lot compared to a lot of people, but it's pretty fast around where we are. Um, and then it started doing things like dropping the wireless that's coming directly from the modem. I've got a couple of routers set up here at the house to kind of divide the bandwidth accordingly. So, we ended, you know, I had, I work from home. Some of my work started suffering as well as a result of that. It, it was just click and wait 30 seconds in one instance. Craziness. We called the tech. Tech came out, troubleshot, troubleshooted, and said, yeah, you know, this modem is, is like over five years old. It's done its, its bit for you and, and the family here. So put another one in. And immediately noticed a huge spike in upload speed. It's again, it's nothing compared to like where you are, Frank. You've got great internet out there. 
in uh, Southern Maryland. And, um, you know, but it's about three times uh, better on upload speed. And I think you can see it. I was a blurry, fuzzy blob. If you go back and look at the video we did when we interviewed you. So this is better. And you can actually see that I'm wearing my past summit uh, 2020 shirt. I'll zoom in there. I see that. You can actually Andy read the text. That's you can read it. And I do, I've got this shirt on. Today is Wednesday, the 16th of June, 2021. Tomorrow, the call for speakers, Frank, call Ooh. for speakers closes at 11.59 p.m. UTC. So I've submitted. Um, they will allow you to submit something like 10, um, you know, different things. I submitted a session. I probably, I'm probably going to go submit another session or two. Is it going to be virtual again this year or they've not made it? <laughs> it is virtual this is year. Virtual. Um, the organization, the old pass organization uh, ceased to be uh, in January, but Redgate software picked them up. That's cool. And, That's cool. I'm and, sure a lot of yeah, folks there's, knew that, but. I kind of yep. didn't know that. So, yeah, well, if, you know, if it's, you didn't know, don't feel bad. You're in good company. Don't feel I, bad. I knew somebody right? picked them up, but I wasn't sure who. <laughs> so, and kudos to Redgate. They are doing everything that they can to, um, to, to maintain uh, a lot of the material, a lot of the knowledge that was out there, the, um, the old recordings and stuff like that. They're, they're doing a really great job. The team over there. I don't know who all's engaged with the team. I know, um, I know Steve Jones is engaged. I know Annabelle uh, is is somewhat connected with that. Um, Annabelle Bradford, and I, you know, I just I don't want to say the wrong people. If Kendra Little may be engaged with it, involved. She she's had some experience with it. Uh, Jeremiah Peshka was a former board member. Of, uh, of the past organization, the directors at large. What they're, they're trying to do is address some of the stuff that it, there was only a handful of people who really kind of watched, you know, the, the inner workings or tried to. Um, I was one of those because I was engaged in a community. And um, for us, they're trying to, um, well, not for us, but for the community, they're trying to address some stuff we saw and pointed out and said, hey, you know, Sometimes we had a thought of, of a way to do that better. Sometimes we just pointed fingers. I, I did this more than I should have and just said, you know, that's not right. There's got to be a better way to do that. And it was rare. I, I don't want to be, you know, knocking on the way things were. It was a very rare occurrence. Um, but like uh, all things, right, like data driven, we're always striving to do better and, and get better. Sometimes we we do that and we knock it out of the park. And then other times we're, you know, we struggle on and, um, you know, and try to just do the best that we can. And that's what I think. I, I, I think the past organization had noble and good intentions and they did the best that they could. No, I totally that's agree. What. I mean, it, it's it, running a user group is it's uh, can be thankless, can be a thankless job. We've done you know. it. Both, yeah, I mean, both you and I have done it. We restarted Richmond SQL Server Users mm -hmm. Group. That's, gosh, you know what? That's 15 years, Frank. Oh, wow. 15, last month, it was 15 years. We did the first it? one in May. Richmond Code Camp or? 2006. Um, the SQL Server Users Group. SQL Server Users Group. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was cool. That was awesome. That was, that was. Code uh, Camp. And the Code, Code Camps Camp. Cool. Awesome, fun. too. Um. ECPI was that where we had it? 
Yeah, the, we did the first one over on Southside, uh, Richmond Southside. That's RDA. right. That's right. And I've got a picture somewhere of, I think it was you and me up front doing kind of bouncing off each other. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. That was fun. It that was, was awesome. Keynote and stuff like that. That was that was a yeah. blast. I mean, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, we had a fantastic team too. Yeah. Um, Daryl Norton. Um, Drag in Virginia Beach. Yeah. Um, um, who else? Uh, Susan. Susan, mm-hmm. Susan Lennon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just a, a huge team. I know I'm leaving people out, but it was a fantastic team. It's got Kevin Israel, Kevin, Kevin Israel, Hazard. Kevin Hazard. The Kevins. Yeah. Mike um, Richardson, who was the ori- original founder of Richmond.net. Yep. Yes. He came down to yes. speak. I think, he lived, I think he moved to New Jersey or Baltimore. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. So just lots of great people. And if we left you out, I apologize. Um, we, we didn't mean to, but... Um, yeah, that went, we, we were we getting did. older though. That's like 15 years ago. So that, yeah. And it was two, we did two of those a year for mm-hmm. at least five years. Right. Um, I remember we did some sequel Saturdays as well. And then, yeah, yeah I remember going down, um, yeah. And speaking at a couple of them too. Yep. Yeah. Speaking great of teams and, and, and the yeah. virtual summit. Now who's taken over uh sequel Saturday. Is that somebody else? No, same group for same now. Group. Okay. Uh, Redgate did that, but they they're doing their best to form a board. That's good. Um, just for SQL Saturdays, make it a nonprofit. Um, th- uh, they filed Steve Jones uh, on the blog. Um, gosh, last week, I think it was last Friday, mentioned that he had filed for five hundred one c three status for the entire organization. Oh, cool. that'll help, uh, you know, with stuff. And um, sponsors and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just a a great way to do it when you do sponsors. You know, now they're donations and they're charitable contributions. Um, So at least I'm not sure how all of that works. I I remember when when we were setting up the SQL Server Users Group, um, we formed the Richmond User Groups Corporation. I remember you telling me about that, yeah. Yeah, and we did not make it a 501c3 uh, because you couldn't sell things outright, mm. and I wanted to be able to do that. So I kept it. It was a not-for-profit, and it's a subtle distinction in the Commonwealth of Virginia between a not-for-profit and a non-profit. <clears throat> so anyway, and that was, I'm not a lawyer. Don't listen to me. But I wrote about <laughs> what I did, <laughs> and it's back in, you know, in the archives of the blog. But um, but yeah, it was and it wasn't. Daryl Norton is actually the guy who came up with that business. And Daryl, he may still be an MVP. I'm not sure. He was a. I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah. And he's also an MBA. So those are handy to have around when you're thinking about businessy stuff like that. No, absolutely. (laughs) Those those little letters make a big difference. Yes, and he he wrote this plan up for to use down at Virginia Beach, but for whatever reason they were just struggling to get traction. And really, all I did on for my part on Richmond Use Groups Corporation was I just executed his plan. I thought That's it was cool. brilliant. And um, yeah, we had, gosh, we had money in the bank. We flew Buck Woody and Donald Farmer in from you know way wherever they were. I, don't know if Buck lived in the Pacific Northwest at that time. Donald did, and he still does. Buck's in Tampa now. But we were, 
I remember having a conversation with the past organization leadership once, and it was, and it was, it was bad because it was in front of others. I, I regret that part of it, but the leadership. I, I remember hearing fragments. Yeah, he's, they're like, "What can we do to support you?" And I, you know, what do right. you need from past? And I said, "Nothing. You just need to get out of my way. Right. Uh, <laughs> we're doing just fine." So, right. Not, not the most positive of conversations. That's funny. So um, I think that's a good segue because yeah, yeah, you and I segue. met in uh, because of the developer community. And just like we did last week where we turned the microphones on ourselves, um, where folks interviewed me and uh, – well, you interviewed me. <laughs> uh, we're going to do that with you. So if you've been waiting with bated breath to see, hey, when are you going to uh, ask Andy those uh, questions? Uh, today is your day. Um, so, no, I think that was a good segue and talk about community and stuff like that. Yeah, community yeah. is important. I think even especially, I mean, we can probably have a whole other show about like well, what's this oh, mean. Gosh. Actually, that'd be a good show with Tim McAlilly, who, who, you know, we were talking about this on another live stream. Uh, like, you know, what does it mean? Like, what do, what do in person, you know, what does this community mean in a virtual world? Because, you know, you can certainly reach a lot more places and yeah. stuff like that. But I will not wander too off topic because I know Bailey will make fun of me. <laughs> um, so we'll start the questions with the question that we love to ask. And that is, um, how did you find your way into data? Did data find you or did you find data? Wow, Frank. Um, data found me. That, that's a straight up answer. Mm -hmm. um, years ago, in a, in a land far, far away, actually not, not that far, about 45 minutes up the road between here and Richmond, I was a systems integrator in manufacturing automation. So I had a, uh, I held a master's electrician's license in the Commonwealth of Virginia, but I never wired a house. All my work was done in, in manufacturing plants, uh, a few that I worked in. I went out on my own. I began designing um, and building electrical panels, control panels uh, for, for these big, uh, you know, big control systems. Um, we didn't do like 120 volts AC standard, which is, you know, household wiring, 120, 240. Uh, we did uh, 480 volts. Um, and it was in three phases, so won't get into all of that, but that's a lot of what uh, the work was. And uh, because I had programmed as a hobbyist in the past, I started in 1975, uh, a neighbor retired from the Air Force, from the kind of the Air Force counterpart to NASA, and he was an engineer, and he built a computer out of a kit, a Motorola 6800. Uh, computer from Southwest Technical Products. He built a trainer first, and I was, you know, bored. <laughs> so I, I used to go, you know, talk to the neighbors, and I, I talked with his, with John. His name was John Barker. He's passed away a few years ago, John did, but he changed my life. He taught me machine code when I was 11 oh, cool. and then basic when I was 12. Um, with my parents' permission and all of that, he was a super cool guy. Um, I 
been a hobbyist programmer and I started using these uh, the software called Human Machine Interface Software or HMI. And I worked with one called Wonderware and then another one called RS View from Rockwell Software. Um, they And it, those communicated with all sorts of programmable logic controllers, PLCs. Um, you can think of PLCs as um, kind of like an industrial computer. Um, there's other systems out there that are similar, um, but not the same SCADA uh, systems control and data acquisition. That's what SCADA stands for. I did all that. And SCADA has <laughs> been in the news lately, thanks to our uh, yeah. pipeline company. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to throw you off. I feel for, no, I feel for those folks, man. It's heartbreaking. And um, I'm optimistic that a lot of people have learned from their experience. And, and so, so before you continue, I heard a joke, sure. and it was okay. by um, by uh, Rob Tiffany, who we got to get on the show. He's a cool, he's a cool guy. Interesting, yeah, interesting stories. Ex Microsoft, he's kind of a big deal now in the IoT space. And he goes, the S in IoT stands for security. <laughs> That's funny. I think pretty much sums <laughs> that 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 one up. That's about right. I mean, it's it's an easy mistake to make. Uh, mm -hmm. And we have just repeatedly made it throughout. I mean, it's a you know it's a, it's one of those easy ones to to just miss. The um, while I was doing these electrical control panels, so one one time I was doing one for a large um, a large plant in uh, in the south, and one of the big machines, big processes, and we would it would collect data. They call you know they'd call them tags or data points depending on the software you were using, and we'd store the value with timestamp in, you know, in a database. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I'm trying to remember which version of Access this was. This was in the mid '90s. I want to say it was, you know, Access '97 maybe. And I mm -hmm. loaded that on there. I knew just enough to be dangerous. Um, about it and configured that and i think it actually came with it the uh, the hmi machine may have actually had access installed really figured it i i think yeah these were pcs so right i just followed the instructions did what it said but being the engineer i was at that time uh, i thought you know i want to stress test this right. so it was a long weekend um and I was in at the end of the day and I could configure the tags. There were over a thousand tags and I configured the system to store uh, each tag every second. So, and I just turned it on and walked out. Now the machine wasn't running, but it was still recording this data every second. Right. And I got back, I guess Monday, Tuesday morning Tuesday morning, turned everything on, and I saw this four gigabyte. I remember four gigabyte. And that kids, that was that was about a number of years before. We well, said Access ninety seven. So this is going to be late ninety. Yeah. So this is probably about what five six years before the iPod first. Oh came yeah, out. yeah. And <laughs> so just just was, trying to level set here for the for the folks that may remember four gig. Like, uh, yeah, thirty two bit was still kind of newish. Mm. <laughs> back then 32-bit OSs. I mean this was that was big data okay that was big data four gigs was big and I tried to open the the file in access and it would not open so that's right because access had a limitation 
Um, and it was not because of access. It was because it was on, um, was it Fat 16? Yeah. You know, sorry, yeah. I'm like interrupting. No, it's okay. No, it's you're right. It was there. There was probably a number of reasons why it wouldn't open, but it. We wouldn't. should. We, it... we need to have like a tech, like uh, retro tech, kind of reminiscing thing. <laughs> you know, like back you know, in the day. Back in the day, the Commodore 64 and all that <laughs> and stuff like that. We used to carve our own chips out of wood. Out the of years wood. began with a one. So this is. I heard a good that's... one. William yeah. William Durkin told me a good one. Um, about a year ago, he he said that we um, we couldn't afford ones, so we used lowercase l's. Lowercase that's a good l's. joke. I like that one. I like that one. Well, here's a but funny this, thing. So, go ahead. I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, go ahead. Go. Um, that there was a there was a guy in the neighborhood that um, I may have shared the story before. So forgive me if you've heard it, but there was a guy in the neighborhood where I grew up where um, kids would go to his house to basically get like pirated video games. So they give him like five dollars and they'd walk away and like put something under their coat. So Nate, this being the 80s uh, in New York, you know, people were thinking, oh, my God, like this guy's dealing drugs. <laughs> so the cops came, raided his house and quote unquote, there's just computers here. There's uh. no drugs. And they walked away. So ever nice. since then, like he he set up a BBS after that and stuff like that. But it was pretty funny. Like <laughs> people just don't realize, like like this was a, just a different era, you know. Oh, yeah. You know? And you know, I I went, I was stuck. So I I uh, went home and logged into. I, it probably was CompuServe at the time. Mm-hmm. Opened Netscape, and typed in. Um, altavista.digital.com. Oh my God. Wow. Went to the search bar and I typed in uh, Microsoft database. Mm-hmm. And um, it came up with this talk about SQL Server. I'd never heard of SQL Server. So I was digging around in that. Just so happened about a week later, there was a computer show uh, at the uh, showplace in Richmond over by Mechanicsville. And I rode over there. Um, and, and you, you would go in, I think it may have cost five bucks to get in. I can't remember. It may have been free, but you'd wander around and they had all sorts of the hardware software and all of this. And Frank, I purchased an NFR that's not for resale version of SQL server 6.5 for 20 bucks, bought the CD, took it down to my client, installed it and ran the exact same test again. And when I opened up the, you know, the uh, query analyzer, I think, I think it was query analyzer. It's been a while. And started, you know, typed my query to select it. Just, it sat there and spun for a number of minutes, but it loaded all of those, you know, four megs of data uh, from all those tags. It, it was able to pick that up and allow me to do queries against it. And it did just fine. So, I immediately took it to the plant engineer and I said, here's what I installed. You need to go buy a real copy of this. <laughs> and SQL Server 7.0 was coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they uh, they bought, they asked, should they buy that? And I said, yes, go get the new version. And they did. And that's, you know, that's kind of how data, um, you know, how data found me is I was trying to just solve a problem. And, you know, I, not proud of the fact that I, 
bought and misused an NFR copy, although they ended up, Microsoft ended up getting a license out of it. And it was yeah, all I mean, uh, um, those computer shows were, for those that don't know what we're talking about, the best way to describe it would be like a flea market for nerds, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Before you can go to Amazon, when Amazon was just a twinkle in Jeff Bezos' eye, if you wanted to get good prices on computer stuff, um, before Newegg, before that, there were mail order places, but you would go into this place, usually at a hotel, sometimes at a ballroom, and you pay five, ten dollars to it and go in, and you basically walk around the tables and kind of see what they got. And it was kind of like a, it was like a medieval kind of souk, you know, but for nerds. So like, you know, I remember buying a SCSI scanner, and I'll be like, well, that guy over there has that one like ten dollars cheaper. I was like, so it was just like it was, it was. Yeah. And if you waited to the end of the show, because usually over weekends, if you waited the last day, this, the, the people there just did not want to load crap into their car. So you can get yes. <laughs> so it. Yes. That was the best scene. time. It was like I a mean, whole I, scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so those were the days, though. Those were the days indeed. So what's your favorite part of your current gig? Oh, wow, Frank. I, I am a learnaholic. Um, I... And, and I think that's why I enjoy teaching as much as I do. It's always been the favorite part of anything that I do is teaching. Um, but I do enjoy learning first. Um, it's just, I, I can't describe it in, in a really good terms. I've got an analogy, but I'm not going to share it. But <laughs> think about that clean rating. I'm try, well, it, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe, and it's a little revealing of my past. So, no, we'll but uh, go. at least until the statute just, of limitations uh, <laughs> gets into effect. I've already confessed this, you know, misusing a NFR license. Uh, <laughs> you know what, though? Uh, there was pictures in TMZ or whatever of Bill Gates. still. He's still landing in Newark Airport to go to New York City for the weekend. So I think Bill's going to be fine. <laughs> oh well he's yeah he's probably okay and there's plenty I, of other microsoft executives who have lakefront homes and not just one boat but two <laughs> so we don't want to get started on that i know like where that's going but, but they're okay but yes no i get it okay their kids are one you know their kids will go to college they'll eat they'll, they'll be okay. yeah they'll, <laughs> they'll be okay they're not hurting because of that nfr money i'm sure <laughs> that's right but uh it still was. It still makes me feel a little bad. I'm not making yeah. that up. You know me, Frank. I've, no, I know. I'm just weird about that kind of thing. But um, so the learning part, and whenever I get an opportunity to kind of do exploratory consulting, or um, I've got a full time job now, so I still do consulting on the side, and I still maintain the products um, that that I work on. DILMSuite.com. Little plug there. Um, but the, um, yeah, cool. And, but being able to share that learning enough or well enough to share what I've, you know, what I've learned about it. You, if I got anything to say to anybody about, you know, who's interested in becoming a trainer, you will never know it all. Let's just start there. You will never know everything. And if it bothers you, you think you don't know enough to do this kind of work now, you're wrong. There's somebody out there who needs to know what you know right now. That's true. And you can start like I did. Just start training for, um, for free at these events that are out there. My gosh, since they've gone virtual, there's just so many of them. 
they're really getting a handle on this. That Tim McAuley, that uh, that Frank. Uh, mentioned he and Brian Moran started Azure Data Fest, I believe, a few years ago. Dude, yeah, yeah, and, and it it's spread. Taken it off. spread. It went to Boston. It went to Philly. It went to um, yeah. San Francisco. But since the pandemic, they went virtual, and it's, it's a global thing now. Speaking yeah, and, of which, um, there's one my coming Google, up, right? There's one coming up virtual, and um, and there's actually a planning meeting for it at 3 p.m., which means uh, once again I have to cut the stream. Got hard stop. All right, I got to talk fast. That's so all. This, this is my problem. I, if anyone out there out there on the internet knows how to solve how to sync multiple calendars, call me. <laughs> like seriously, this is a this is a major blocker for the show for me personally. Yeah. Um, it's it's it it's an issue. But in no, the interest of time, we've both um, spent money trying to solve that for you. Uh, but yeah, that's my favorite part: learning and teaching, um, doing fun gigs. And I complete this sentence: When I'm not working, I enjoy blank. Oh goodness, I read a lot. Um, I, I love spending time with my kids that are home. Hey, John. Hey, and, John uh, Wood. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, just a uh, just we've got gardens and a greenhouse, and um, you know, there's just a number of things to do around here that I I enjoy a lot. So I'm looking forward to seeing the data that you produce out of your greenhouse. You know, I wondered if I could write that thing off. Um, I built it before the wood prices went through the roof, which you know it would have been good. three four times what it cost. Right. But uh, I'm there, too. We've got a, a number of IoT devices around the house that we've started using already. We caught a little bit of data when it was really, really cold in January. Mm -hmm. um, we were trying to measure the difference between the hot house. And then I've been running Andy Weather for over a oh, decade. Oh, yeah, for a while, yeah. So I've got data that goes way back. So I was able to use those instruments to capture the outside temperature. It was interesting. It was a classic time sink problem. Mm -hmm. So, and I put Stevie Ray on the devices on the IoT stuff. We, we actually cool. we strung together um, an Arduino for the instrument pack capturing, and that that turned out to be a good call there. And then a Pi for um, for storage, because we had one of those new four meg uh, Pi fours. Nice. Yeah. So nice. we just put all the data there. Um, yeah, I. Definitely want to talk about that a little bit later, but uh, I know we want to stay on time for your meeting here. I'm sorry. No, no, it's just good. Gonna... We had to do this last time with you. Right, I know. It was just like, <laughs> oh. I mean, it's, it's a good problem to have. People want to. It absolutely it. is. And as I a former Silverlight developer and Windows Phone developer, <laughs> I know what the opposite feels like. Uh, all right, so complete this sentence. I think the coolest thing in technology is blank. You know, it sounds clichéic, but uh, the cloud. Uh, I, I love the cloud. Um, I like the things that the cloud is driving. I, I believe, and I could be wrong, that the whole Starlink uh, setup that Elon Musk and SpaceX is putting up, putting together, that's being driven by a need for ubiquitous connectivity uh, around the planet at sea, especially in places that nobody's going to build a tower. Um, you know, in the middle of sub-Saharan Africa and the rainforests of Brazil, the, you know, the outback in Australia, that's, that's not, there's places around here, I'm, places five miles down the road that 
don't have internet access except through their phones. Um, I, I love that. I love that connectivity uh, initiative that's making its way into rural and less populated and, and, you know, less, I don't know the right word to use, but, you know, places that are poorer basically than, you know, most of the, most of the North American continent. So, well, and you look at you, I mean, you're not, you're not that far off the grid where you live. No, not, I mean, you're and the same way. You're, we're same both way. in spots where just a mile or two down the road, right. people have either less or no options. They, you know, maybe other than a phone. And um, I don't think it's, 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 it, I don't understand it, but I mean, Montgomery yeah. County is not the richest county in the U.S., but it's in the top five, top 10 consistently. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, if you're looking at, looking through that lens, now obviously there's more to it than that, but like, you know, right. Looking around here, like it, this is as good as it gets. <laughs> well, you, you know, know, yeah. And I think and, there's, go ahead. No, I mean, economically, I mean, this is, as good that's as exactly gets. what I was going to say. And yeah, like, economic drivers. and like, you know, if I'm, you know, I think now they put another fiber pipe, like down, like another mile down the road. So I nice. can't say now a quarter mile to the west of me, but now maybe two, one and a quarter mile. To the west yeah. of me, there's no broadband. And what yeah. shocks me, and I don't want to derail this because, you know, I can go on a rant on this one, but <laughs> real estate agents don't know the answer. Now, yeah. granted, before the pen, I haven't been house hunting before the pandemic, you know, since the pandemic, yeah. but like, like, really? Like, you don't know? Like, they, do they have Fios? Do they have brought, do they have cable? And it's like, really? Like, you, this, is this not come up? Like, I can't, you know, I, granted I'm a nerd and I'm probably ahead of the adoption curve, but come on, yeah. by now? Oh, we bought, Sorry, we bought this place, no, 15 years ago, we bought the place that mm -hmm. I'm in right now. And, and again, right about the time you and I started Richmond SQL Server Users Group. And, it, and that was one of my you know, top three questions. The question I didn't ask that I wished I had was what time does the mail arrive? Um, because if you're running, a, if you're depending on, and back then I depended a lot on paper checks being mailed. Oh, me, yeah. If they come at eight o'clock at night, that can end up, you know, kind of messing with your cash flow it's, as opposed to coming at, I don't know, 11.30 a.m. or something like that. But I didn't, you know, live and learn. And it's something now it isn't nearly as big of a deal. People are transferring money electronically. So, right. but at the time, being an entrepreneur, working from home, that was a big deal. But yeah, um, I just, I, I like the cloud. I like the kind of the ramifications of the cloud, the ubiquity of connectivity that I think we're on the cusp of that. And I don't think we quite have a picture of how how that's going to change the dynamic for so many people. I think and so we use businesses. the word, we, we say democratizing a lot in this business. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's really and truly going to democratize uh, global economy. And I, I don't think we can predict it. So on this side of it, I don't think there's any way to predict the ramifications. No, no. I mean, if you look at kind of the work from home or work remotely thing, like there's people that just up and left the country, like, you know, like sure when they could, you know, before. Yeah. You know, but but still, it's interesting. All right. So next question. Uh, complete this sentence. I look forward to the day when I can use technology to blank. Gosh, Frank, I, I love automation. And I just I just want to continue uh, to do an automation. I've had this dream for a long time of being able to build a data solution that would surface all the data 
that anybody in an enterprise needs or an organization, anything that they need, I want to build that by one click. One click. That's, that's cool. I look forward to that. Yeah. Um, and question six, share something different about yourself that people may not know, but do remember that it's a family podcast. Well, you know, I already mentioned I had that whole other career where I was doing systems integration. Um, which and you was were doing more, IoT before it was called IoT. I, I really was. Um, AndyWeather.com is a good example of that, and I talk about that in a presentation. Um, and it was back like 2008, 2009. GoDaddy opened up a, a kind of a DMZ with SQL Server 2008 or R2 on it, something like that. And I just jumped in, you know, to, to do that because I, I knew SQL Server. I had SSIS. I could pump data up there. So, yeah, it really wasn't called IoT back then or edge computing. But, um, you know, something different. Um, I've had a lot of different jobs. And, um, you know, I am I'm turning 58 next month. And uh, that's a blessing. Um, so, uh, you know, if you didn't know that before last year, you should know that now that, you know, life is a blessing. It's an opportunity. Getting, pr getting old it beats the alternative. It does. Yeah. So, you know, but I've, um, uh, some people talk about their job and they say things like, you know, I'd rather dig ditches or shovel manure. I've done both those. I made uh, between a dollar and two dollars and fifty cents an hour doing that kind of work. It was decades ago, but I I did that. I drove a truck, an eighteen wheeler. Um, I didn't know that. But, yeah, for a while I did that. Yeah, and um, let's see. I was a, a semi-professional musician for a while. I played guitar and saxophone in country bands and. Uh, and a, a couple of kind of country rock bands back around when Alabama came out, uh, they, when they hit it big in the early eighties, um, you know, they started using some different kinds of effects on their guitars. And if you, you know, grew up playing Waylon and Willie and Creedence Clearwater Revival and stuff like that, um, you kind of knew how to use distortion and flangers and phase shifters, but nobody playing country did. Um, hardly. So, yeah, did that for a while. Um, gosh, what else? I was an electronics technician. I was in the Virginia Army National Guard for six years. I specialized on um, tank killing missile systems, uh, tube launched, optically guided, uh, optically sighted, wire guided, TOW tow missiles. Interesting. Um, worked on those for a while. Um, I spent uh, three months in China at the end of 1994 uh, doing manufacturing automation there. Interesting. Um, yeah, I just had a lot of different weird jobs. Um, I'm the oldest of five sons. One, one survived about a day. He had a heart defect. Um, and then uh, another of our brothers passed away uh, due to COVID last August. That's still raw. You know, I mean, yeah, this is just June. We've had this whole year of not being able to hang with Glenn and, and see him. It still doesn't seem real. It just right. still doesn't. Um, I have five kids and five grandkids. I, I share that a lot. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Five seems to be a repeating theme. <laughs> <laughs> and 
So I've got three daughters and three granddaughters and two sons and two grandsons. They did that to make it easy on the old man. Right. Convinced of that. My two older daughters, they, uh, they hooked me up. That's nice uh, of them. <laughs> love them. Love all of them. We're all different. We all have, we, we're, we span the political gamut and we're all over different social things. I, what I love about my kids though is, um, so I have two, the two daughters from the first marriage and uh, three children from the second. They don't, when they wish each other happy birthday, there's no step or half or any of that that's good. in it. They're all sisters and brothers. And, and that's just the way they are. And they're just, that's, that's just one indication of the kind of people they are. And I, even when we disagree about politics or social stuff, there's, everybody has mutual respect which is a dying art, in my opinion, uh, in the mainstream. Yeah. Um, and, and we accept that the other person believes what they believe for a reason and that the motive is in the best interests of everyone. That's, that's at the heart. If you start there, Frank, it's hard to go wrong. That and at the, on the back end is just forgiveness. <laughs> Without forgiveness, we're all sunk. And well, that's so true. It's, we just, uh, um, yeah. There's a lot that the world can learn from that. <laughs> and the last thing I'd, I'd share that's different about me, it's maybe not so different, is I'm, I'm a Christian. Um, you can learn, um, uh, you know, more about that at my blog, andyleonard.blog slash learn-more. There's an about Andy. I think it's just slash Andy there. Um, but it's it's there, and I talk some about uh, about faith. And that is last but actually first. In, in my life and in, you know, in how, how we roll. So you got a meeting coming up in a few seconds now. I do, but it's uh, <laughs> I'll, Tim will understand. Last question. And I know you and I share a lot of audiobook recommendations. Yeah. What, uh, what audiobook uh, would you recommend? Gosh, I'm listening to, to one right now. I don't know that I'd recommend this one. Let me pop open audible here real quick. So while you're look. looking that up, I will remind folks who are watching, who are yeah. listening, that you can go to thedatadrivenbook.com and you can get a free audiobook on us. And, um, you know, and then if you choose to subscribe, you help support the show. Uh, it's actually been very helpful in kind of you know, helping us monetize the show without being obnoxious yeah. with sponsors and stuff like that. And, <laughs> you know, and I think John, John Wood, who uh, is a frequent commenter, awesome guy. We used to work together at Wintelect. Um, he, he does a lot of uh, YouTube videos uh, and apparently, yes, uh, that's how he got started on audible. So we, we are awesome, responsible John. for his audible habit. Um, <laughs> he actually, I meant to mention this before, but I didn't want to derail the conversation. He actually has a course uh, now on LinkedIn um, just do a search for um, uh, Jonathan Wood, and uh, it's an ML Net, or just do a search for ML .net and um, nice, which is awesome because he produces really great um, YouTube videos uh, on ML Net. So I'm glad to Very see that cool, he's John. done that. I've actually bookmarked it, and uh, he's going to be uh, one of the courses that I take next. We got to get him on the show. I know we've said that yeah, like for real. times. For real, this this but, all goes uh, yeah. back to that scheduling problem I have. Like it's just like <laughs> solve, you know, solve Frank's schedule. Solve we'll, Frank's scheduling problem. We can do it. Yeah. So two audiobooks. Okay, so go ahead. Two audio books I'm listening to right now, um, and I actually sent this first one to you. That's um, right. Louis Giglio, 
uh, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. Phenomenal story behind that book and that title. And just, uh, I, I just, I gleaned so much out of it. It was just one of those where I just kept going, wow. And then, you know, a minute later, oh. <laughs> those are the best listens, honestly. They really are. You know, it's we, we listen to a lot of business books and, and books right. about self-improvement and that sort of stuff. I would, this probably falls into that category, both, both of them. It's more about life improvement. Maybe. The other one is Believe It. And you did a book review on this, Frank, one of your, your law. And I went and got the book after that. And I listen and read a bunch of books. I, I mean, I never have like one. I'm doing a minimum of probably four at a time. Maybe I'll dip down to three every now and then. Right now, I'm in, I'm in about five, and believe it's one of those. And it's it's almost like I don't know. To me, it's like a mental meal. Yeah, I'm yes, having like this a buffet. course, and then yeah. that course, yeah. and then that, and sprinkled in with a bunch of YouTube videos from Ed Milet and yeah. you know, and um, uh, the, uh, the entrepreneur on fire. His name flew out of my head. John Who Lee Dumas. John Lee Dumas. I almost said JLB, and I was like, no, that's no, it's JLD, but close enough. <laughs> John, if you're listening, I mean that's a that's an incredible like uh, thing there. Um, sorry, that's okay. Yeah, all good. All he's good. been on the show, and he's actually if you go to if you go to iTunes, you'll get Impact Quantum. Uh, he wrote one of the reviews for it, so which was very nice, very fine. So I was like, very oh, nice. But yeah, I feel that's punched. it. TheDataDrivenBook.com. You can get yes. started there, like John Wood did, and um, you know, and help, like Frank said, help us out a little bit. Really appreciate that. And uh, Frank, gosh, this was huge. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule and even running over a couple minutes. You tell Tim it's oh, all my boy. fault. Oh, I will. Tim will understand. <laughs> Tim's a good guy. We have to have him back on the show. That's true. We do. Um, but uh, with that, I will let the nice British lady end the show. Good talking to you, Andy. Um, good talking to you, Frank. Thank I'll you. Fire off the ending fancy graphics. So at least stay consistent <laughs> the brand. All right. Have a great one. You too. Thanks for listening to Data Driven. We know you're busy and we appreciate you listening to our podcast. But we have a favor to ask. Please rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you subscribe to us. You have subscribed to us, haven't you? Having high ratings and reviews helps us improve the quality of our show and rank us more favorably with the search algorithms. That means more people listen to us, spreading the joy. And, can't the world use a little more joy these days? Now, go do your part to make the world just a little better and be sure to rate and review the show.